0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go!
1: It's the most all star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present. A mountain of zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
0: Everybody, welcome. Hope you're stuffed full of tryptophan, nitrate stuffing. Hope you're just, you're you're pumped full of Thanksgiving food. Because Dane and I, Big Brain Dane, are about to pump you full of opponent-related information. I cannot wait. It is Dole Thy Enemy, Episode 12. It is the final episode of the regular season, and it's a big one right now, Florida State. It is rivalry. It is Gator Hate Week, and we are going to get you ready with everything you need to know about the Florida Gators. Dane. How you doing, my man? We're recording this on Thanksgiving Eve. We never stop for our listeners. I should be resting myself for all the food I'm going to gorge myself on, but I'm not. I'm talking about UF on a microphone with my buddy, Dane.
1: How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to be excited for this weekend. Like Thanksgiving tomorrow and everything, that's all great. Very thankful for family and all the wonderful things. Oh, nice. We got Florida this weekend, and that's uh, – Yeah, that's especially – well, no, I don't want to undersell Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's awesome. But, man, we are excited for what we're about to do is all I'm trying to say.
0: Exactly. A game that is at least on par with a holiday that is nothing but eating and drinking. That's pretty solid, man. And it's, it's a game that everybody circled ever since the beginning of the year. It is in the swamp. It is a night game. And man, after the events of last week and my God, does it have a different feel? Both teams are dealing with devastating injuries. It changes the calculus on all this stuff. Even some of the analysis that we have, we're going to try to give you a preview, but what do we really know how that Florida offense is going to look like with Max Brown making his first entire start? We don't know. We'll get to that. Let's talk about Florida in general. Not Particularly impressive, to be honest with you. Five and six. Uh, they are currently, I believe, on a four-game losing streak. And they have wins over, let me just pull up their record. <sighs> not, not great teams. I mean, they got a win over McNeese, so that's nothing. I think their most impressive win was the win over Tennessee when Tennessee was ranked, even though they were dealing with some injuries. But they won that game 29-16. to Then you get win a win over Charlotte a win over Vanderbilt, a really narrow win over a bad South Carolina team. And just from, from that point on, it's been pretty rough. They get thumped by Georgia, Arkansas at home. That was a tough one, man. That really hurts their bowl eligibility chances. They really need to put that one away. A absolutely putrid defensive performance against LSU. And then a game against Missouri last week where man, if I was a Florida fan, the way that they were able to pull defeat from the jaws of that victory on the road against a top ten team, you 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 drew up some really nice explosive plays, but your situational awareness and your defensive performances, it's very shaky. So they lost Graham Mertz, their starting quarterback, the Wisconsin transfer. He had the old Tony Romo busted clavicle. He is out for the season redshirt freshman Max Brown, a kid who did not have any action, I believe at all, last year, comes into the game, and he jump starts the offense, one, because the kid is physically talented, two, because I don't even know if Missouri knew that this kid existed on UF's roster, and they were not prepared for his game at all. He's a mobile quarterback, made some nice dynamic runs. And as far as my read on this team overall, and this is, of course, my read with them, with, like, Graham Mertz, is I actually, Billy Napier's been getting a lot of crap, deservedly so. For having 9 million coaches, a lot of the stuff that happens, like two guys wearing the same number at Utah, like extending drives, there's been some egregious stuff. And he's got two offensive line coaches, and like I said, a, a 9 billion assistants. It's, it's, it, there's some weird stuff going on. I think what's unquestionably good is the way that he is able to draw up stuff pre- and post-snap to get his skill players, which I think are, they're very talented. And I feel they're also very underrated one-on-one matchups and one-on-one matchups where they can make easy completions and then they can have the ball in space a little bit different. Obviously Florida state, we pride ourselves on being a matchup based offense. Our stuff is different. We like to get one-on-ones down the field. They like to get one-on-ones kind of near the line of scrimmage or on crossing routes to make the easy completion and rely on their guys to do yards after the catch. And that Florida defense, dude, we're going to get there. Kevin and Adam and I watched film on them last night. That back seven is absolutely putrid. I do not know what they were doing. Their zone coverage is baffling. In a lot of ways, they look like the Florida State defenses from like the early, early Mike Norvell days. Like they got a lot of issues. So, Dane, what do you think? What's your read kind of overall on the team before we start like diving into the individual players and position groups?
1: I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like, the secondary, especially in that defense, is particularly weak. It's a lot of young guys, and they don't seem to have a great confidence in what they're doing, you could say. I don't think Mm – it's not a team that gets uh, a ton of pressure on the quarterback. At least they don't get home often. That probably doesn't help them either. Um, Offensively, they've been a pretty strong team, and it's held them up. I mean, I think they're a stronger team than five and seven would imply, for sure. They've had a really tough schedule. But, um, I mean, even with that, though, they have lost to Arkansas and probably uh, allowed Sam Pittman to keep his job another year. And their best win in Tennessee was, like, a primetime game in the swamp when people thought Tennessee was still good. Um, Surprised they're not. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah, definitely not a super strong team there. But but then you lose Graham Mertz, of course, on offense. And they're also really banged up on the offensive line, like – both of their tackles being questionable to doubtful for this game. Um, on top of like, – even if they do play, it's still really banged up. They've – I was going to mention they've missed their center all year, but honestly, their backup guy, that's essentially their starter at this point. hes He's been all right. I mean, it just generally, it's been an all right offense that has held them up, but it's probably going to be the worst offense that they've put on the field all year. And obviously, he's getting them at the right time, I think. Even though I think- that's kind of, you know, obviously extremely hindered as well.
0: I think so too. In the matchup of the game for me, and I think we'll talk about when we talk about their offensive line specifically, I was still pretty impressed with the interior of the UF offensive line, the push that they got. Now, a lot of some of that's players, a lot of it's scheme. They do a lot of duo, a lot of double team blocks, and then they, they have their backs make a move on the linebacker. Whereas you'll see like Florida State, we've had some issues in our running game doing double teams and peeling off to get the linebackers, and then they whiff. Florida really just kind of they get a really nice push. They overwhelm your interior defensive line with their offensive line. And then they allow their athletes to make a move at the second level. And sometimes it stops and sometimes they bust a big one. They got really good running backs. Let's talk about the quarterback, max Brown. He is a redshirt freshman. I knew nothing about him much like Missouri's defensive coordinator. I did not know that this kid existed. He came in and he looked pretty good and pretty limited action. The legs Like I said, Missouri was not playing this kid. They had the Graham Mertz defensive game plan in for him, and I think that was a decent reason why the kid was as explosive and effective as he was, and I thought Missouri's defense, their linebackers in particular, did not play a very good game. Um, What do you you expect to see from this kid? The legs are not going to surprise Adam Fuller. Florida State has had a lot of experience with mobile quarterbacks. They're getting one again. I mean, what do you think of Max Brown's game? How do you think Florida State's going to try to defend him? Are there any other comps with some other mobile quarterbacks that we face this year?
1: That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it's – you pointed it out, but it, it is interesting, like, how different of an, a, a quarterback he is from Grant Mertz because his, his greatest trait is his mobility. Um and he's a guy who's obviously very inexperienced versus Mertz, who's been in the college game for a while and stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, you expect the offense to be a lot different. It's probably going to be a lot more simple, a lot more basic. Um, kind of like what you probably expect from FSU's offense, except at least they've had a guy who's been in the system for, I mean, honestly, a while. It shouldn't be too much different, I guess. Mm-mm. More about more about Tate's skill set. But Max Brown, yeah, he's a guy who's going to move well. Um, I don't think he's, like, an elite runner at all. He's just – I would consider that his best trait. You've probably heard that a lot, but he's he's elusive. He's got decent feet. You know, he's not slow at all. Like he can beat uh, a slower linebacker to the edge for sure. You know, I don't think
0: he's like it. a home run guy, like yeah, where like yeah. a Jaden Daniels kind of like terrified yeah. me with like speed. He looks like a very natural runner and he was making guys miss. He was by no means like he was by no means blowing past guys. He was kind of like a, like, a, like a maybe less elusive Thomas Castellanos on the plays that we watched on film watching him run. Like He looked good. He looked natural. He set up his blocks and things like that, but I wasn't – I'm not afraid of him breaking one for 60. I'm afraid of him breaking a lot of ones on like third and eight for like 11 to 15 <laughs> and
1: extending drives. Yeah, and I think that also just an already good run game that they have, I think naturally – as much as you can kind of overwhelm them with numbers potentially because Mm -hmm. he isn't proven as a passer, and he probably isn't a great one. Um, like I don't think he has a special arm and he's definitely not, uh, experienced in this, you know, offense to where they're going to ask him to do a whole lot and pass a whole lot. I would think, but, um, but also him being a running thread, like I would think that could elevate their run game in some capacity because there's going to be a ton of reads and, um, you know, an extra guy to account for basically in the run game and what is already a good run game.
0: I think so as well. And, uh, before we talk about the run game, I want to talk about the offensive line. They are banged up on the outside. Uh, they're starting left tackle. Austin Barber is listed as questionable. I went on swamp 24 seven today. I don't think that they expect him to play. It looks like he had an upper, he had an upper, uh, body injury, arm in a sling type deal. So I don't think he's going to play, uh, Cameron Waits is the other guy I think that starts in his place and then Damian George is their other starting tackle I think that he actually might try to give it a go against Florida State whereas I don't think he did last week but I think the strength of them is their interior of the offensive line I think a lot of that's just the quality of the players they got a really nice push against Missouri in the game that we watched but also it lends itself to the scheme how do you how do you rate this like Florida offensive line their offense in general kind of reminds me of like just a slightly worse version of Miami
1: yeah yeah I was thinking the same thing I was thinking that
0: maybe like a little bit like a little bit more dangerous skill guys like sort of like I I think I'm more afraid of Florida's running backs particularly the ATN kid than the Miami running backs and then Miami's probably got more receivers but yeah Florida's got a little bit more quality but I think that the difference in the trenches like I don't I don't know I, I I still feel like it's a good matchup for Florida State's defensive line we're in years past where Florida State has played Florida they have been able to kind of push us around a little bit even in games that we won uh, I don't think that's going to happen this year how do you grade Florida's offensive line this one that they're trotting out there as a unit
1: yeah I mean that's the kicker I guess because it is going to be Probably different. Like I think Barber and George are more likely to both be out than both be in. You know that sort of thing. I think um, so too. Yeah. But it generally, I mean, it's a really big offensive line. Like these are huge dudes in general. There's a lot of like three thirty plus type guys even at tackle. Um, I mean, it's an inconsistent offensive line, but overall, I feel like it's a decent one. Like they run the ball well. They've generally put a good offense on the field. They've just haven't been great in pass pro. Like I think they've definitely been a better run blocking offensive line, which makes sense given their size. Um, but they haven't been particularly great. They give up a lot of sacks. Um, yeah, like I, I think inconsistency is probably the biggest word, and that's kind of the biggest word with the whole team, to be honest, but it hasn't been a, a consistent unit, and they are a better run-blocking unit, I think is kind of the, the gist there. And then if they're, if they're down those guys on the outside, then that can get really scary as far as you know them not being a great pass-protecting unit to begin with
0: especially that court, qu- their quarterback, their backup is like a, is a, what's his name? Michael Leon. He's a seventh year walk on is their backup. So God Who's forbid, that? like, yeah, God forbid if, if, if FSU gets some pressure from Patrick Payton and Jared verse, it's a shaky, it's a shaky situation, at least according to their latest depth chart, it's Max Brown backed up by that seventh year walk on. And then another freshman, like it's that's bad, dude. And you, We saw anything can happen against any opponent. To me, Florida State's interior defensive line, they're going to get double teamed a lot. They're going to get run at. They need to at least. If they can split the double teams, cool, but the Braden Fisk, Fabian Lovett, Josh Farmer, they're really going to have to anchor their ground and not let those guys get to the second level. Our linebackers are going to be under a lot of stress anyway in the running game. Billy Napier does a good job of designing eye candy for his running games, whether it's tight ends growing across, pullers, pre-snap, post-snap. He gives your he gives your linebackers a lot of stuff to think about, and that's partly why their running game is so effective. So, gonna, I think the ones that are gonna you're, the fans are gonna notice is the complete mismatch of the Florida State ends versus the Florida tackles. I think that's the one that's going to catch your eye. To me, the most important is our interior versus their interior, especially because of the running backs that Florida is going to be trotting out there. We, we mentioned them briefly, but Travis ATN's brother, Trevor ATN, man, that kid is is explosive. He is a sophomore. And then they back him up with Montrell Johnson, a junior who is very, very solid and can also break some for himself. That Florida running back unit. I think it's one of the better ones that Florida state's going to face the entire year. What do you think, Dane?
1: Oh, I totally agree. I mean, that's, that's a great, like two headed monster. They have, and they split carries really evenly. Honestly, they have, they both have 710 rushing yards in the year, which is kind of funny. Like they're Mm -hmm. identical in that. Um, but yeah, like Johnson's Montreal Johnson's kind of the bigger body, more of the bruiser. Um, he's also the guy who's gonna be used more prominently in the receiving game. He's got almost forty targets on the year. Like That's he's, a ton. Yeah, used pretty commonly in the receiving game. ETN will be too, but Johnson's the more prominent guy there. He's I think he's just more of the the complete back. He's he's older. He was at Louisiana with Napier and then came over with him when you know Napier came to Florida. So he's he's been in that system a long time. He's probably considered, you know, the more dependable back, maybe the more well-rounded guy. And then ETN's, the guy who's who you're more scared of with the ball in his hands. He's the real playmaker. I mean, he was electric last year, as a true freshman versus FSU, and he hasn't been any worse. Like he's gotten
0: better, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's powerful too, but he's really explosive, really elusive. I mean, he's got home run hitting speed. He's he's a really, really good player. He's fun to watch, honestly. But he's the scarier guy to me. It's going
0: to be interesting because some teams have, Florida State's defense has been very stout this second half of the year. But if you think about to that second quarter of the Miami game, Miami designed one of their only like drives of consequence. They designed some nice running plays to get their backs and having our secondary particular RDBs involved in the run fits. If I was Florida, I would I would try to do that again. When Kevin Knowles is on the field when Fentral Cypress is on the field, better cover guys and tackle guys, I would see I would try to run at them and get them involved. The big explosive plays that they did run that they got against Missouri, about three or four of them could have been snuffed out in the hole if they were just tackling better. We know that Florida State in the back end, their tackling has been a little bit off and on. They're gonna have to be on their game. Going against these guys tonight, so I'm going to be interested. Is Adam Fuller going to do what he did at the beginning of the Miami game, where he'd have the safety kind of roll into coverage right after post snap, or is he going to do like he did the second half of the Miami game and just bring the guy, bring the safety, bring Akeem Dent, bring Shaheem Brown immediately and try to screw up the timing? I'm interested. It's a very, to me, the coaching battle between Adam Fuller and Billy Napier. I think that's the premier like X's and O's whiteboard battle on the other side. I think our offense is going to slaughter their defense. I am not impressed with their defensive coordinator. They look confused. We'll we'll get to it, but it's baby Kirby, little baby face season one, AJ Soprano, I'm not why I don't I don't think he's going to have anything cooked up for Mike and Alex. I don't. I think that's I think that's where Florida State, even with Tate, needs to score a lot. And I think they will be able to stick him with Florida's offense. And it was a nice little tease segue. <laughs> Wide receivers are talented, too, man. Uh, Ricky Pearsall is one of the and Florida State fans know he ate you up in the first half. Ricky Pearsall is one of the best wide receivers in the entire country and he's got some really talented young guys uh very electric young guys eugene wilson would be the next guy i think of and then khalil jackson what do you think of the wide receiver units we took a look at the we took a look at the film a lot of man beating stuff a lot of a lot, lot of crossing routes a lot of kind of easy completions now, will Florida State's defensive line allow those longer developed crossing routes to actually come to fruition against a young freshman quarterback making his first start? That to me is the difference. What do you think of the uh, receiving unit of Florida? Like I said, I th- nationally underrated, in my opinion.
1: I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think they're, I mean, they're just generally talented at the top. I don't think they have a ton of depth. No, but the three guys you mentioned are kind of three main guys I've wanted to highlight as well, especially uh, Ricky Pearsall and Eugene Wilson or Trey Wilson. I think on broadcast they usually call him Trey Wilson. Either or um I don't know. I call him Eugene on the depth chart, I think, and on the website. Anyway. Oh he's a
0: third. I'm a third. I should have oh that's terrible. I'm sorry, buddy. Didn't me no even though it's you know you know it's rivalry week. Sorry, Eugene. That's what I'm
1: calling you. Um, but yeah I mean Pearsall is like the main guy. He is he's very experienced. He's was really good last year. He was good at Arizona state as well, but he's continued to elevate his game. And he's kind of like a full package wide receiver. Um, They'll line him up out wide. They'll line him up in the slot more in the slot, if anything, but um, I mean, he especially torched FSU from the slot last year, like they're going to get him on a matchup they like, and they're going to, they're going to get him the ball. I, I think he's more of a threat downfield. I mean, he's a really good route runner and stuff, but he's especially good at getting open downfield, being explosive. He's a guy who can make you miss in space. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a really good player. He's a very good player. He's not, um, yeah, he's just a really good player. Uh, Trey Wilson is the other like main guy who they're getting the ball to a ton. I think, I think they're both pretty versatile players. They're both guys you just kind of want to get the ball to and they can Absolutely. inside or outside, that sort of thing. You can line them up kind of anywhere. I mean, Ricky Pierce, I didn't even mention it, but talking about like his versatility, uh, he has two rushing touchdowns on the year, like, Both of these guys are going to get the ball any way they can to them. But I think Pearsall is more of like a threat down the field. And Trey Wilson, he's a true freshman. He's probably the best athlete they have um, in that wide receiver room, which is a generally athletic wide receiver room. It's Florida. Of course it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're going to probably look to get him the ball more uh, underneath, you know, screens, swings, whatever it is. I don't know. um, Not necessarily downfield, but he's also a home run hitter an explosive athlete that uh, will probably, they'll probably look to get a lot of touches, especially with Max Brown, you know, throwing underneath, getting easy completions for him.
0: Yeah, I think so. Similar to that Miami game plan, a lot of screens, a lot of tunnel screens, but I do think that there is a component, especially with some busted plays. And maybe if that kid evades pressure to where there could be some explosive potential of like, of a, of kind of like, not a jump ball drill, but you know, when the play gets kind of like a broken play type drill with Pierce, all kind of leaking out of the backfield and maybe having an easy downfield pass. I, I think that there is that potential, man. That kid is very good. He's very crafty. It's just your defensive line is going to have to get to the kids. So those routes won't be able to develop. One thing that I think is a lot different from this year compared to last year, Florida state is getting a lot better elevated play from the nickel position. Jerry Jones, greedy Vance, Markedly better. And they they faced a very dangerous slot guy two weeks ago in Xavier Restrepo. You saw what that kid did to Louisville the week afterwards. And as Bud said on the old cover three podcast, the eraser got just wiped off the blackboard, clapped the erasers, he gone. He didn't do anything. I think I think those kids, I think those kids, these kids at Florida are better than him. And I don't think we'll be able to completely shut him out of the game, but we got the guys, we got the guys to match up on them pretty well. Flipping over to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the Florida defensive line. What do you think of this unit? What caught my eye is I didn't necessarily see like a lot of twitchy athleticism, but I saw a crap load of size. They look <laughs> big.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, I mentioned that about the offensive line too, but it's even more Uh, like in your face, it's like aggressively big. Yeah. Um, They're
0: all like, they're all, I don't know. Like it's, is the three technique playing the edge. It's like, no, they just got some big ass defensive ends and defensive
1: linemen, dude. It's a, it's a fat, it's a fat meaty group that they have there. That's a fair word. I mean, Desmond Watson. Oh yeah. I didn't even, Yeah, he's 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 a rotational guy, defensive tackle. They, he's listed it.
0: Dude, this is so sick. Um, He's listed at 435 on the death chart. <laughs> like, that's so sweet, dude. It I, looks, love I mean, that. that
1: might be conservative, man. I don't know what 435 looks like normally, but I'm not. I mean, I
0: like watch the 4. TLC channel from time to time, <laughs> so I kind of have an idea. He, <laughs> I don't know if Dr. Now would agree that he's 435, he yeah. might be pushing up, but I, I love that, dude. I love. That's why college football rules, because there's just so much different stuff. And like a 450-pound defensive tackle is so stupidly awesome. I love it. But anyway, what do you think about their level of play, their ability to generate? Who on that defensive line, other than my other than my my big guy, uh, who, who catches your eyes, he might be a problem. For a Florida State offensive line that's going through a little bit of an injury bug itself, we don't know if Maurice is going to be available. That shifts things around. It's been... It's been a trying season from the offensive line. A lot of guys battle and stuff. Who, who do we need to watch out for specifically?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, they do rotate a lot of guys, but there is a few names that definitely stand out. I think the two main ones, a defensive end, you have Princely, Uma, uh, Umali If you just say it fascinating, it sounds right. I think
0: Umalielan. Uman, Uman Milan. I think uh, I liked your. I liked your one where it sounded like you were having like a seizure of some sort when you said like princely you know. <laughs> That was good stuff. All right, so princely marla. What what about him?
1: Uh, I mean he's he's their best pass rusher by a lot. He's a ninety point two pass rush grade on the year. Ooh, very um, good. Six sacks, twenty eight hurries. He's like I. They don't. They're thirty fourth nationally in pressure rate, but they don't get home very well. Like they're eighty first nationally in sack rate, and I think he's hmm. uh, really the guy. That does the best job of rushing the passer um, of anyone they have on the defensive line. Like they don't have many threats doing that. And it's probably credit to how they recruit and the size they recruit. Because a lot of these guys are good run defenders and stuff, or built to be at least. There's a lot of inexperience, which is kind of consistent throughout the whole team. I think generally a lot of their best players are just really young. But this guy, Princely, I'm just sure going to call him Princely. He's, he's a very good pass rusher. Um, generally just kind of the best guy they have on the outside. And then on the inside, Cam Jackson, He's a guy that uh, I liked a lot in the transfer portal out of Memphis. He's a defensive tackle. He's been inconsistent this year. He doesn't grade super well, but he's also like a really uh, h- kind of hulking presence, but not in the Desmond Watson sense. More six, like, six uh,
0: 360. Very
1: yeah. like th- those are eye popping numbers, man. That is a massive person. I think he kind of reminds me of Daryl Jackson in a way and as far as mm-hmm. him, like consistently consistency kind of being a concern there, but also a guy who has a really exceptional ceiling, especially as a run defender sure. he's a guy who at his peak can be I mean a kind of an elite run defender. he just hasn't really done much as far as pass rush this year, but he's not really built to either
0: maybe I don't want to say beneficial because obviously you'd want a healthy Maurice in there if you could, but if you want to have somebody who can be a little bit more stout in the interior, yeah. having Darius Washington at center in this game may not be the worst thing in the world. that could have happened to this Florida state uh, offensive line. I will say from the film review that we did last week, Missouri had a ton of success with like split zone, inside zone, outside zone. So zone concepts, tight ends coming across the line of scrimmage. They just, Florida's defense, for how big they were, they didn't look super physical. And fl- Missouri, Missouri beat them up a little bit in the run game. I was surprised about it. a lot of that has to do with the linebackers and the way that they play counter. They don't spill counter, so the defensive end doesn't aggressively attack the inside shoulder of the pulling guy. He kind of contains it to the outside and allows it to the uh, the linebacker to kind of play that C gap and the Florida linebackers are either not quick enough or they don't know what they're doing and they're not there, if they play counter like they played counter against Missouri, I don't feel like they've seen it a lot. Um, It could be a big night for Florida State because when you leave that C-gap open for business, Benson is going to truck his ass through it and get a ton of yards. And the teams that have blown up counter, it has not been very consistent for Florida State this year. If you don't spill counter, they'll kill you. So we'll see. That'll be something to watch. If Florida State hits that first big counter and Florida does not adjust, it could be something to where Tate and the offense could lean on it all night like they did from Miami like two years ago. It'll be interesting, man. And then that opens up everything all over the field. The Florida linebacking unit, I was very unimpressed with them. There seemed to be a lot of confusion just generally in the back end. They seem to be able to be fooled very easily by eye candy. To me, they look like Florida State's linebacking unit from like 2021. They'd be, there's indecision, there's guessing, there's allowing themselves to get caught up in the wash of the offensive line. We were contact sponges two years ago. That's the phrase that I would use uh, watching our linebacking unit. And I see a lot of that from Florida this year. And they're also kind of, they're overly aggressive. They're always going forward, always going forward. And it a massive pocket just in that intermediate, like five to 15 yard range. Uh, Kevin looked at some of the, some of the numbers uh, in, in that range, as far as like how their defense ranks. And it's like bottom of the country. They're just not, I mean, if we don't design stuff to mess and influence that second level, I'm going to be very disappointed in dirty Mike and the boys. Like there is a, there is something we can really, really exploit that second level and that third level. But what, what am I being a little too harsh on their linebackers? Like maybe Missouri was just a rough game, but I was really, really genuinely not impressed with that unit for them.
1: I mean, Missouri does have a good offense It's fair to give credit there, but also that linebacker unit since, especially since Shamar James, they're, best linebacker by a lot. He um he went down, he's been out. I think he's out for the season. Um, I mean, he's our best player back there. He's our most athletic linebacker, I think. And he's also kind of the leader of that group. And the loss of him leaves them, I mean, as you're saying, kind of like barren at that position. And uh and that's not what you want facing a Florida State team who, you know, knows how to is good with window dressing those and those how to manipulate the linebackers and the safeties to, to get what they want. You know, a lot of smart offensive minds back there with Norvell and Atkins and whoever else, but yeah. Um, and just like know.
0: overall, like the S and P plus rankings. I know we, we, normally talk about them to kind of give you an idea of how good the team is. I like think Florida, Florida is ranked 47th overall in the entire country. They're like hovering around like Texas tech and like Arkansas And a lot of it's because of the defense Their defense, I think is the 74th best. (laughs) I'd probably say 74th worst defense in the entire country. And a lot of it's because of that linebacking unit. Any, any names to, to watch out for, and we know Shamar is hurt and that was a massive blow. And I I don't think they've recovered from it. Any guys in particular that stand out to you? If not, that's fine. Nothing They didn't really stand out to me. Uh, the Wingo kid, I think maybe has potential, but he was he was out of position a lot. I, I just it, it's not something. It's something that Florida State needs to take advantage of in the running game and with the tight ends and the RPO stuff. To me, all night long.
1: Yeah, I think um I think Manny Nunnery is like the new starter there. I think he was I think he was a new starter last week uh, against Mizzou, or maybe he's just kind of generally inexperienced as a player there. But um I think he was the one that gave up the big fourth and seventeen. I know he was responsible for some. For some big stuff, like
0: dude, and that that was, and we'll, we'll get to them. this. It, it, I don't even know if I you can put it on one. Is there were so many times, and you've seen the viral press conference of the baby face assassin, whatever their defensive coordinator's name, talking about we do this with a creeper and a converse. And he said, like, he, he's, <laughs> he's the baffle him with BS type of dude,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: would have raised a red flag for me. As a Florida fan, I wouldn't have been impressed by that. It just looks like there's too much crap going on. If you remember the early days of Florida State's Adam Fuller, those days, he kept it simple because you have to have something you can lean back on. There's multiple plays in that Missouri game where it looks like one group of guys is doing something else, one group of guys is pattern matching, one group of guys is spot dropping. There's like three guys huddled around, like staggered in a space. They cover space terribly. So I hope they run a lot of zone because they look like crap and it's just their defensive backfield has a lot of youth and it looks like a lot of poorly coached youth from a, they don't look coordinated. There's massive, massive, massive holes at the worst times. The kid that stood out to me that got picked on a lot was number 14, Jordan Castell, their freshman safety but what do you think about the Florida secondary? There's talent back there. It's just, it's, they, they don't look coordinated. And they're, I mentioned Florida State's defensive, like secondary tackling is off and on. Florida's is mostly off, dude. Like uh, they're going to have a, like I just see Jaheim Bell and like Keon Coleman in space. And these, this is not, this is not like Miami's defensive backfield where if you remember us against Miami in that film review, there was a ton of explosive plays that were one tackle away from popping. They're going to pop this game if Florida's secondary continues to tackle like they have been. It is a rivalry game. It is sold out. It is at night at their place. They have nothing. They're playing for bull eligibility, but they're really playing to just spoil the season of their rival. So it may be different, but from what I've seen in the past, woof. Rough stuff. What do you think of their secondary,
1: Dane? I think uh, – excuse me. You mentioned youth, and I feel like that's kind of a constant theme. Also, um, I mean, especially at safety. Safety is the worst group they have in their defense. Um, Spoke a little with Jacob Rudner of Small 24-7, and he was saying that much. Like, It makes a lot of sense when you look at it. It's a lot of really young guys – you mentioned Jordan Castell. He's a starter they have. He's a freshman. Uh, Miguel Mitchell is is their other starter there. He's a second year guy. Bryce Thornton is another freshman. He's like the main rotational guy they have at this point. It's just very young, and none of them are especially good. You said uh, Mizzou picked on Castell. I think Castell's their best safety they have right now. And um, so I that's think that perfect. might I
0: think that might be by default because I think a lot of the reason they run zone is because when they're running man. Missouri picked on 14 hard. So like I said, could have been just a bad game. And with a young kid, when you make one mistake, a lot of that stuff tends to pile up. He's a talented kid and he could pull himself out of it, especially if he has from the rest of the year. It's just for a team that with now with Jordan Travis, Florida state relied on a lot of explosives. Will that offense look the same with Tate? I expect that it will, they'll be doing it a different way, but Mike's always about generating explosives. Having a hole in young dudes at safety, yeah. I don't know, man. I just I think Florida State's going to be able to, and I don't like predicting it. After I really predicted a solid beating that I thought Florida was going to give Miami, and after I did that, I was like, man, I can't do that rivalry stuff. It's different. They're, this defense is set to give up a lot of points to this offense, even with Tate at quarterback, just because of the strength of Florida State's skill talent.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, I didn't even mention the corners. It's not. It's not a special unit either. I think at that position, like a guy like Jason Marshall sticks out as someone who I think fans, like Florida fans, expected to be better than he is. He's yeah. a highly rated recruit. There's a lot of these guys that are pretty highly rated recruits. They're just either young or they didn't really pan out or haven't pan out yet. I guess. But um, yeah, I remember Kev mentioned them being generally kind of soft. It seems like on tape. They're generally undisciplined. They give up a ton of explosives. I we probably mentioned that, but I mean this defense—that's the main thing about them—is they give. That's why they give so many points. Is they are horrible at giving up explosives. They're 127th nationally. Um, How many
0: teams are like 132, 133? Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's oh no, (laughs) yeah. Like it's down to down. They aren't a terrible run defense, for example, but they are terrible at giving up explosives still because of those linebackers struggling, and the safeties being really poor and, you know, run fits at that second or third level. It's just – it's tough for them. Um, Got and, a lot of
0: issues on the back end, dude.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and even with Tate back there, I think Mike Norville is really good at scheming up explosives, and this defense just really bad at, at giving them up. And I don't know how fixable that really is, even with it, you know, the environment being so different and um, them having – probably as much motivation to win this game as they've had in in a a good minute, I would think.
0: Absolutely. Let's get to the predictions. I will go first because my opinion means the least. It is going to be an absolutely nuts environment. I do think Florida State, I think Florida's going to have some success early. I think they're going to have success, not so much consistently on offense all night, but I do think they're going to generate some explosives. They got the guys on the outside. Um, so I I think Florida state is going to consistently be able to score. Um, I would be nice. Like it's one that you wouldn't think rivalry game away with a big old defensive line. I think Florida state, this one surprisingly, I think we could maybe get a consistent run game going depending on what looks that Mike wants to have. I think Florida state is going to be surprisingly successful in the run game. And I think that they're going to win this game fairly comfortably. I'm going to go 37, to 24. 24, like I said, a a lot of that that people might be raising their eyebrows, Florida State fans. Really? With a true freshman quarterback, you think? Do you think Fuller's going to give up 24? I think Tate's going to have a couple turnovers. I really do. I think he's going to play well, but it's going to be in a different way than Jordan would. I just Strip sack and interception. I think that that's going to, there's going to be a couple of advantageous positions for that Florida offense that's going to get them to 24. So I think it's going to, it might look like a shootout up until the end where once again, Florida State's response, resiliency, and depth will have them a double digit victory in the swamp, which they will sorely need for college football playoff bull crap now with their starting quarterback out, but 37 to 24
1: is what I think it'll be. What about you, Dane? I think it's probably going to be a generally low score or lower scoring game than you do. But I also like the way you're thinking with Tate as just a very high variance player. And you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's very capable of doing of, you know, letting catastrophic things happen. And he's very capable of making like a legitimate, NFL throw downfield. <laughs> yeah, had, it's it it's very, the roller
0: coaster, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I could definitely see it being a generally high-scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if if Florida came out and, and moved the ball pretty well, like frustratingly well or something in the first half. We've seen that a lot this year, and then teams just kind of get shut down in the second with the adjustments made that, you know, they don't have another half to adjust to. You know, yeah, just they can't to adjust to the anything. adjustment. Right, and... Um, yeah, but I think for my prediction, I'm going to go the same scores we saw in the Miami game, uh, 27 oh. to 20. I think FSU is probably going to – they're going to have to kick a few field goals because I, I I think maybe I lack the confidence in Tate that a lot of people have, which I think is fair because he is so high variance. Someone <laughs> should probably be a little lower.
0: Well, you've also seen him in practice a lot more than the average layman. Like, we're going off, and maybe he's one of those guys that's more of a gamer than he is like a practice guy. We'll see. I don't know. That's the thing that scares me. This Florida State offense has been more inconsistent than you would like, but they have always taken care of the ball, and that has allowed them to come back in games where they've had some early deficits. Now, you take that component away, could get a little dicey. And then you also, there's a lot more of that impending doom, that dread feeling. If Florida State does somehow find themselves down and that crowds into it in the swamp. The security blanket of Jordan Travis is gone. That that feeling of, hey, don't worry, just keep getting us the ball back. Everything's gonna be all right. That is not gonna be the way with uh Tate, the uh, the roadcoaster, <laughs> uh up and down man, Tatester. It's not gonna be that same way. So Florida State needs to play with an edge. More so than they have in any other, well, not some, any other game this year, this isn't the best team they face, but I think they do. This is one of the ones where they're going to have to be locked in more than the quality of their opponent usually dictates in my opinion. But we will see, and we will be here with you. I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will be here at Knowles247.com. Big old fat Black Friday sale. If you're not on the board, you're a loser, and I don't respect you. So change that. Sign up for knowles four seven. Massive, massive, massive news all over the place. Instant reactions, recruit reactions, reactions upon reactions. It's the best. And if you're not a member of knowles four you're missing it. Ha, 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 in your face. For Dane, I am Trey. Hope you're enjoying your time with your family and your loved ones. Hope the feeling of communion, company, friendship. Enjoy it now because after that, all that crap's out the window and it's all hatred and and bile and vinegar because it's hate (laughs) week. So enjoy your family and then let the hate flow through you afterwards. You'll be glad you did. Keep chopping.